everyone. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, episode number 126, the Internet's uh, best, number one, Red's podcast, except for all the others. Uh, I'm your host, Chad Dotson. Join me uh, today, as, as he usually does, my co-host, uh, the uh, the veteran of the Red Leg Nation Radio podcast, your friend and mine, Bill Lack. How you doing today, Bill? This is Red Leg Nation Radio Snowball Edition. That's right. You talk about Deep Winter Edition. Uh, we're buried under under snow. Uh, I told Bill, uh, hey, we'll we'll record this thing after I go outside and shovel my walk. Um, and uh, he made some snide remarks about the fact that I needed to purchase a. You, a, you definitely need to. You're not a young. You're not as young as you used to be, man. <laughs> That's a fact. None of us are. Uh, no, uh, it is it is the dead winter edition. But pitchers and catchers have reported to spring training, and so uh, there's a little uh, glimpse of spring there, I guess. And and, and usually, we get a little bit excited around this time. Uh, maybe some excitement mixed with uh, trepidation about what we what we're going to see out of the Reds this year. But uh, you're like me, though. You're always a little uh, little excited when spring rolls around. Spring training rolls around. Yeah, that means the weather is going to get better. I'm not sure the Reds are. Oh, the Reds are going to be great this year, man. National League Central champs. What, what flavor Kool-Aid is that today? <laughs> Pinot Noir. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, um, I, I go back and forth. I, I don't expect the Reds to be great. We'll maybe make some predictions later in the later in the podcast in terms of, our, of what record we expect the Reds to have. But one thing that uh, you suggested when we were talking off air that we discussed would, would be some of the the newcomers and, and what to expect out of these uh, new new additions to the team that may be interesting. And, and while I'm not particularly ex- uh, excited about the Reds' chances, because I think it depends on the Reds sort of walking a tightrope, uh, which basically means that everybody's got to stay healthy, I think some of these new guys are interesting, and there's some there are some things to watch this year that this could be an interesting Reds team. Do you agree with me or disagree with me about that? I think they could compete if if everything goes perfectly. I, I think that the chances of that happening are somewhere between slim and none. But you know, so, so you're telling me there's a chance. There was, there was, you know, there was a miracle on ice. <laughs> you know, and if, if, if the Americans would have played that Russian team twenty times, I think they won the one game they would have won. Probably. So you know, miracles can't happen, but. If I was a betting man, I would bet the Reds closer to the bottom of the division than the top. Well, given the weather outside, take a look outside your window. Do I hear you predicting the 2015 Reds miracle on ice? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I tried. I'm trying to get you uh, trying to get you excited for this year. Um, you know, I, I think that you're right. I think, the, and I said it earlier about how the Reds have to walk the tightrope a little bit. They got to thread the needle. They use a different uh, term. A lot of things have to go right. Really, all the main players have to uh, stay healthy. I think the Reds could probably afford an injury to shortstop and in, in nowhere else, really. Very, very thin. And that was the problem last year. They had a team that could have competed, um, especially given the sort of breakout years by Todd Frazier and Devin Miserocco, but all the injuries everywhere else uh, doomed them. This well, year, and, and the collapse of the bullpen. Well, exactly. True, no doubt, and and that's going to be another uh, thing the Reds are going to have to they're going to have to get better uh, p- pitching from the bullpen. But I don't I don't see that anything's changed in terms of the what the Reds are hoping for, which is got to stay healthy. All these guys, we have some good players if they'll stay healthy, and I think that uh, that's really the stated plan that's in place for for Walt Jockety and the Reds and. We all want to make fun of Walt, and there's plenty we can do to, to hammer Walt uh, Jockety. But as I look at this roster and, and the corner they painted themselves into with some of these contracts, I'm not entirely sure that's not the only strategy the Reds really could have employed here. Uh, if if the window to be competitive is slightly open still, this might be the, the end of the road for that. But I don't know what else they could have done other than just hope for health this year, other than just absolutely blowing it up uh, and starting from scratch. Well, and, and I think I think you made two points of things that I wanted to talk about. One is whether the win- whether the window is still open at all. Um, I mean, if it's open, it's just open a crack. Um, you know, as we and I think we both agree that that everything has to go right for this team to be competitive this year. You know, you got to get Joey Votto back, and I think he needs to be the Joey, the MVP level Joey Votto, not the, you know, not the guy that's 
leading the league in on-base percentage. Um, I, I think they're going to need more power out of Joey Votto. You, you have to wonder whether, you know, what birds got left. Um, you know, is Jay Bruce, you know, is Jay Bruce going to come back from a, from a, a horrendous year? Uh, you know, and then if, if, I, if they struggle early, don't be surprised that they're looking to unload Johnny Cueto early. Yeah, uh, they're going to have to make some very difficult decisions. I think the window is open. Uh, you, you may be right that it's just barely open. It's just cracked. Uh, but I think it's still open because we can say, hey, look, you know, look around the diamond. Reds have some uh, decent, uh, decent baseball players everywhere on the diamond pretty much. If these guys stay healthy, you know, you can sort of uh, concoct a scenario in your head that, uh, that ends with this team making the playoffs. And so from that perspective, yeah, the window's still open. This is it. This is the year. Uh, if, the, if the Reds can't, if the Reds aren't competitive this year or they miss out on the playoffs, uh, they got a, a difficult decision to make regarding Cueto. I, I don't see how they can sign him. Maybe they can. I don't know what the numbers look like, but they're going to have some difficult decisions to make whether they compete or or not. Just the, the question: if they don't compete early, then they can make that decision on Cueto a little bit earlier and hopefully get some sort of a return for him. Uh, You're the general manager of the Reds. Would Johnny Cueto still be a Cincinnati Red? Well, that's a. You're asking a tough question because number one, I'm too much of a fan to be the general manager. Uh, I, I, I get attached to these guys because they're wearing the right laundry, they got the the right uniform on, and I love Cueto. I, I've enjoyed watching Cueto pitch as much as any player that's played for the Reds uh, or that's pitched for the Reds in my lifetime. I just love watching that guy compete. When you look at what the Reds are going to have to do to really sort of make the the next competitive ball club here in Cincinnati to put together the the next wave. Yeah. you got to look at guys like Cueto, and, and I hate to say it, but we, you know, we've said it before here, uh, Araldus Chapman, and, and say these guys are assets. Uh, can can what we get in return for them, is that going to exceed what uh, I guess the expected return would be because if we pay them the, lots and lots of money and keep them around? Yeah, and the current value, you know. And this is this goes to another thing that I, another one of the things I want to talk about. And I think you know, you talked about you're too big a fan to be the general manager. I think we got a bigger. I think the Reds may have a bigger issue. They may have an owner that's too big of a fan to be a quality owner. Well, I, yeah. If there's any doubt that Mr. Castellini wants to do everything he can for this team to be a winner, I, I, you just can't argue that point. But the problem with that is, he needs to realize, in my opinion, that this team is a lot closer to being the Oakland A's than they are to St. Louis Cardinals, and they need to run their front office accordingly. And that means letting guys go. That means there are these, these humongous 10-year, 8-year contracts that, that tie up so much money that they hamstring them every, you know, in other places. We, we just don't have the capabilities of doing that and staying competitive year in and year out. Now, if you, want to, if you want to do a cyclical competitiveness, and then you go, you know, you go from winning 90 games to winning you know, 70 games, then I guess you can be that way as you, you know, as you bring your, your farm team system back up to speed. But, you know, the, the, the Phillips contract, they still owe him $39 million. Yeah, they're not going to get a return on that. But the issue here, though, is there are models. You, talk, you mentioned Oakland, uh, Tampa Bay's another. There are models where a team in the Reds' uh, sort of sweet spot in the market can be competitive year in and year out. But they don't sign guys for eight- and ten-year deals, and especially multiple guys. Yeah. Well, I can't argue with anything you just said, but I, I find it difficult to bring myself uh, around to criticizing Castellini there. And, and maybe this is just because uh, I try to remember what life was like before he came around. And, he, and you're right. He's a fan, and he wants the Reds to be competitive. You know, before he got before he got here, the Reds were not competitive nope. and, and really weren't trying very hard to be competitive. Yes, you're absolutely and, right. And so he's brought us uh, more sort of fun times on the field uh, than anybody in in a couple decades. And and yeah, maybe he's made he's caused some poor decisions to be made uh, in terms of these long term contracts because he's such a fan. But you know, on the other hand, the Reds aren't the the Reds of 2003. I I, I agree with you 100. percent And maybe. The problem is that he's got a general manager that is not capable 
of seeing the way baseball works today in terms of financially, in terms of, uh, of, of, of being able to adjust your team, you know, letting, letting guys walk, bringing in guys, you know, with, with, with a high upside at the right time. The Reds never seem to get anybody at the right time. I mean, let's talk about Bird. They could have had Bird for a song two years ago. Free. Could have had him for free, basically, uh, off waivers. But our general manager doesn't do that. So and now, I, two years later, goes out and signs. Yeah, you know, and, and, I, and I'm not, you know, and and I'm, you know, and I agree with you about Castellini, and, and maybe partly he spoiled us by giving us a little taste of success. But I, I, I'm I'm afraid we're looking at four, five, six years of of last place in the division. Because if Theo Epstein with money doesn't scare you. <laughs> You're not a very smart guy because he terrifies me. Yeah, you know, I, and, and that's something I wanted to talk about too is where the Reds fit in the, the 2015 National League Central. Uh, I've got I got a friend who is a, uh, a Cubs fan, and I've ha- had just uh, the best time of my life over the years mocking him for being a Cubs fan. Hammering him, haven't you? Oh, he's a loyal Cubby, and uh, you know he accepts it with good, uh, you know, good natured. Then they then they hired Theo Epstein. And then they started making these trades, and they started building up that farm system. And about two years ago, I said, my man, I am no longer making fun of you because it's going to come back to bite me in a rear end. Yeah, you don't want to know how that <laughs> Exactly. I said, this team is, if the Cubs aren't the best team over the, for the next five years in this division, I, I'll be blown away. The, the assets they've got, and they did it by, you know, Theo came in and they said, all right, you do whatever you want to do. Um, and they understood we're going to stink for a while. Uh, we're going to we're going to be bad, sort of like the Astros. Uh, we know we're going to be bad, and and maybe that's the Reds are not going to do that. I'm just telling you, with Castellini in charge, the Reds are never going to say, "All right, we're going to be bad for four years in order to build a team that can compete for you know six years, or we're going to be bad for three years, you know, something like that." Which is what the Cubs and, and the Astros have done. And the reason why is because what you said, Castellini's a fan. Well, the other thing is the Reds are also aren't starting at the point where the Cubs and the Astros are starting. True, makes it easy, makes it easy, makes it more difficult to say we're blowing this thing up and starting from scratch when you've got some guys that are you know you got some all stars you've got some guys that uh, you know the Cubs didn't have any of that. You're right, You're right. And, and and there is some talent in the farm system. And when I and, and I'm not an expert being you know, like, like Doug or anything, but I don't think that the Cubs had a whole lot in the farm system when Epstein came in. No, they were starting from scratch, and, yeah. and and the reason they were starting from scratch is that they decided they were going to win on the major level by just spending as much money as they could in a lot of ways, but they were spending it on the wrong people, frankly. And now they're doing it both. They're doing it through the minor leagues and spending it at the major league level. Well, that's why I told my friend, I said, I look at that farm system and I'm blown away. And then when you, when you realize that when those guys get to the majors and they can spend money to fill in the holes in the roster where they need to, you know, uh, through free agency or whatever – it, it, it's terrifying. It is. How, how do you how do you beat something like the resources they have? Well, and, and, and you know, and, and it's it's kind of it's kind of the cup the cardinal model. They develop a lot of guys from inside, and then they use money to fill in the holes. And they're not afraid to sign a you know a guy for a two three year deal that's going to help them for two or three years till they got somebody that's ready inside. Well, let's dig into the central since we're talking about you're out of the Cardinals. You know, they had this. Uh, I've been sort of. Uh, Scared of this guy Oscar Tavares uh, coming up because he was the next big guy. They're just gonna plug him right in, you know. And that's what the Cardinals do. They they get 100 mile per hour pitchers and they uh, these position players like Wong at second base and, and Tavares at, uh, in right field. They just plug them in. Um, in addition to signing guys, well, of course, the tr- awful tragedy in the offseason with Tavares uh, uh, tragically uh, dying. And and they go out and, and do sort of the, the flip side of what you're talking about. They trade for Jason Hayward. And I can see them signing Hayward to a five-year deal, and that guy is yep. – uh, some some don't like him. He's one of my favorite players. Well, I think over the next five years he's going to be one of the most valuable players in the majors. And now he's a stupid Cardinal. And he, and he will – and, and, and as much as I hate to say it, I would not be at all surprised if he blossoms in St. Louis. Oh, and, I can see it happening. Yeah. It's just they seem to be able to do that there. They – got and, it. And the, <laughs> the Reds <laughs> – the Reds don't have that same flexibility because they don't have the 
they're never going to have the money that the Cubs or the Cardinals have. You'd think they should be in line with where the Cardinals are, and maybe someday they can be. Um, but but they just don't have the, the type of money to fill in those holes. And so when they commit so much of their money to guys like uh, Votto and you know all, all, all Jack, Bruce Homer Homer Bailey, uh, Brandon Phillips, then it's really uh, the, the the margin for error is really slim at that point, and you're depending heavily on that farm system. And and the Reds farm system has been extremely productive over the last you know six seven eight years. Well, the other uh, thing, produ- and the other thing you have to wonder now is whether the Reds are stock have stockpiled the wrong the wrong thing in their minor league system. They're pitching heavy at a time when pitching is, is, is becoming cheaper. You know, the value of pitching isn't as high as it was five years ago. And that's where the Reds' farm system is, is strong. So, well, the, you know, it, it makes you wonder whether, you know, their farm system is going to end up helping them as much as, you, as we think it's going to. I don't know, I, I, and I, I don't really know how to. They, they do have some great-looking uh, pitchers, uh, Robert Stevenson, uh, Michael Lorenzen. Of course, I love Nick Howard, uh, the guy they just drafted from uh, UVA. Can't imagine why. Let's talk about UVA for a moment. <laughs> uh, no, we'll do our college basketball podcast uh, some other time. <laughs> It's okay, my guys won the Crosstown shootout here last night. So that... I know, man, that was a crazy game. That was an exciting game. Um I had no rooting interest in that one, but I watched it as a fan of Cincinnati sports, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, you do have a rooting interest, so you're going to make uh, half the people that listen to this. So. That's okay. Thanks. Actually, I, I, other than now that now that uh, Bob Huggins is no longer at the University of Cincinnati, I have no problems rooting for the University of Cincinnati, other than the night they play Xavier. Not a Huggins fan, huh? I think Bob Huggins is a scourge on the earth. No, really. Tell, tell me what you really think. Well, you know, I'm such a quiet, shy, <laughs> introverted guy. You have a hard time pulling opinions out of me. Yeah. yeah really. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, not to go off on that tangent, but I, in terms of uh, Xavier and Cincinnati, Mick Cronin and Chris Mack, those guys are two of the better, in my opinion, and I watch a lot of college basketball. I love those guys. I think they both do a great job. And, and Cronin's a, he, and they're both Cincinnati guys. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're both – and. Uh, I think I think Xavier finally decided they were going to hire somebody from here that won't leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's worked. It's worked. Cause but you know, it's it's a you know I don't want to get off on a college basketball tangent here, but if you think about the hires that Xavier's made in the last twenty five years, they haven't made a bad hire. No, they've all been great and been successful elsewhere. Is the problem? Yeah, I mean, you know, you go through Bob Stack and Pete Gillen and Skip Prosser and and Thad Mata and. Uh, uh, Sean Miller and now Chris Mack, and I'm probably forgetting somebody in there. I mean, that's a pretty strong run of college basketball coaches at, at one school. It is, it is, and you're right. Uh, there's no reason that Xavier shouldn't, and and since that you know, since as well, shouldn't be a destination uh, position. I know they're not uh, in the ACC or anything like that, but they're good schools, good market for college basketball. Um, and uh, like my guy uh, Shaka Smart has shown in Richmond, Virginia, you can be successful in a market if you just want to be loyal to it and, and, and make it your home. And um, I think both UC's got to get into a better conference, though. They're, they're programmed to be stuck in the conference they're in. I agree. It's a it's a uh, that AAC is just. Uh, but but on the other hand, I'm not sure where they go. I'm not either. They missed. You know, I know they wanted really badly to get into that. ACC, and that just was never going to happen. Um, but, I'm not, anyway. And I'm not really sure why, because, I mean, for years and years and years, they were competitive on the same level at Louisville. Well, and in terms of, uh, you know, they're competitive in uh, the major sports. Yeah, and, and they're all, you know, it's a fairly strong football program. It's, you know. Yeah. And the, and the ACC doesn't require a fairly strong football program. As, as we mentioned, I'm a, I'm a fan of the University of Virginia Cavaliers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which, let's just say we're talking about coaches. Tony Bennett. Best singer in America, best college basketball coach in America. You think so, huh? Oh yeah, I'm telling you. Okay. Best best basketball coach in America, Tony Bennett. No, uh, no, no, no prejudice there. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. You kidding? <laughs> Completely objective. All right, where were we? Nick Howard. That's where we were. <laughs> yeah, we. I can't mention Virginia without getting out because for the first time in many years, I'm excited to be a, a Virginia basketball fan. Who did um, a couple weeks ago on TV? D- D- team with a D started with a D. Duke. That was that's the name of Duke. Oh, the team with three losses in the ACC. You know, Virginia's in first place, only one loss in the ACC. Yeah, who'd they lose to? All right. Okay. 
Back to the Reds, <laughs> if we could. Uh, you're right, the Reds have a good farm system. Uh, well, I don't know about if it's a good farm system, but there's a chance that, that sort of the high-level prospects in the farm system, uh, and I've seen this from several analysts, uh, could develop enough to where they sort of outperform where the, the farm system's ranked right. at this point. Which is middle, which is middle of the pack. Numbers I've seen were like 15, 16, 17, right? In yeah. Middle of the pack. Yeah. But, you know, guys like Stevenson and Lorenzen and uh, my guy, Jesse Winker, who I wish was starting in left field for the Reds this year, those guys are going to be uh, pretty good major league players. And, and there's some other ones as well. So, um, but, but the problem is the, they have to. They've got to come through. Oh, while we're talking about, while we're talking about minor league guys, Let's send our congratulations out to our buddy, Tucker Barnhart. He got engaged. He's getting married in November. Congre- congratulations or condolences? Congratulations now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Tucker, that, that kid. Uh, we, I'll never do anything but cheer for that guy. What a, what a great kid. Great. Uh, he, he, once again, he's following in Devin Mezzarocco's footsteps. He's going to be about a year behind Devin in the marriage line. There you go, and he's and 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 before long he's going to be Devin's uh, sort of caddy. Yes, uh, I think that's true. Speaking of, did you did you read Devin's quote today in the paper? I don't think I saw it. No. Devin said, "I'd like to catch 161 games, then take a day off after we clinch." <laughs> well, I, I like the enthusiasm. Uh, I'm not sure that's the best way to keep Mesoraco healthy all year long. I'd rather him play 130, 135, uh, maybe pinch hit. But I like the there. fact that he wants to play every day. I do too. Well, you know, he's gone a couple years where uh, he was desperate to play more and didn't get a chance. And you saw what happened when he finally got his chance. Yeah. But uh, and you know, we we talk about some of these bad contracts. But while we're on Mesoraco, the uh, the contract that he just signed with the Reds, I thought that was outstanding. I, that's the type of that's the type of guy you want to lock up for you know four years. And and I and I like the Frazier deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah, I, I like the. Fra- uh, I like the Frazier because they didn't go more than two years. Yeah. Uh, not that I don't like Frazier. I do too. Just where he is in his career, I thought that was a, a smart move. Now, I did have a friend of mine, one of my one of my good buddies. He called me that day and he goes, you know, he says I understand it's a good deal and everything. He said, but in the realm of the real world, he said the fact that Todd Frazier, who's a good player but not a great player, is going to make right. seven and a half million dollars next year, just baffles me. That's the market, though. I, I, mean, I he, agree. You know, yeah, he'll he'll earn that money. Nobody, well, I, it depends on how you define earn. Nobody that I plays agree. baseball earns seven and a half million dollars. Well, I'm not going to argue that with you. But when you when you look at the market and what other guys are getting, paid, I understand what you're saying. He's not he's not going to be overpaid for you know, his among his peers. But yeah, I understand. I wish they'd pay me that for a couple of years, and then I'd quit and just write. I just just uh, one year, half year. one year. Three months. Give me, yeah. Well, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But but yeah, th- both those deals were outstanding moves by the Reds front office, I believe. Yeah, and I don't want to let that get away in, in sort of criticizing some of the other deals yeah. because because I thought those were, those were smart deals and and uh, you know Mesoraco, where are you going to find a slugging catcher like that? Get him now, and then what they're doing is they're locking up his prime years. We talk about the Reds signing guys after their prime, like Brandon Phillips, Mesoraco. They're locking up his prime years. And that's, so that's a good that's a good deal. Um, you want to talk for just a moment about some of the newer guys that are coming in because I think there's some interesting names. I don't think any of the new guys. We everyone wanted the Reds to sign some big slugging left fielder. They wanted him to uh, trade for uh, Gene Carlo Stanton or somebody to play left field. That was that was never going to happen. They got Marlon Bird, who I think is probably the least interesting name on the uh, of, of all the newcomers. But he's going to be better than what they had in left field last year. Exactly where I'm going. He, he, he's, he's a maybe just a marginal upgrade, but it's an upgrade. Yeah. It's something, and, right? and it's possible that he could have a very good year in this ballpark. Well, he'll hit. He'll hit for some uh, power. I mean, he will. He'll hit some home runs, and the Reds got very little, precious little of that out of uh, left field. Um, he's projected right now at a 271 average, 314 on base, 481 slugging. Now that on base, I don't like because you know, frankly, this Reds team needs a. Uh, these guys that can get on base, they got too few of those. Uh, but uh, Zips, which is uh, Dan Zimborski's—I can never pronounce his name right—projection system. I love looking at it. Projects Bird for 26 home runs, 91 RBIs in Great American Ballpark. I think uh, Reds fans will be very happy with those numbers. Yeah, you know, where do you see him in the lineup? Five, six. 
No, no, no. I I would say maybe five. Yeah, maybe. I wouldn't be surprised if they've got him batting fourth. You think? Yeah. Votto, who, who, who else? Votto three? Unless, you look. You thinking Votto three? Bruce. I, 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 well, man. Votto three, Frazier four, Bruce five, him six. Where's that leave Mesoraco? Well, catchers hit seventh, you know. <laughs> that was Dusty Baker. Oh, I'm sorry, that's the wrong manager. You're right. What about? You know, or, or is, or is Mesoraco in the four hole? Now, we talk about how this team's not going to be competitive, but if those guys are healthy, that's not a bad middle of the order. Assuming we got somebody getting on base, you know, and, and then we get back around to Billy Hamilton. You know, is he going to – he's been working all – you know, like, you hear this every year. You know, he's been working on his bump. And rah, 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 rah. You know, he's been now working with Delano to Shields. And, you know, and, and, and I will say this. They, they've talked about the bunting, and they also talked about he gets thrown out too much. I'm happy they're at least they're they're acknowledging that. As a kid, he's you know. Oh, I'm not on Billy Hamilton. Please, I, oh, I, I know, I know. I'm just saying, I'm happy that the Reds front office acknowledges what he needs to improve on. Yeah, absolutely, and and he he does need to bunt, and I don't like bunts, but this is a guy that can use the bunt as a weapon. He needs to slap the ball on the ground more. And you talk about working with Delano De Shields. That's how Delano De Shields had a major league career. Slapping the ball on the ground and running. Yep. So uh, he needs to give up on the home runs and uh, put the ball on the ground. So uh, if he can just get a little bit better plate discipline, he can he can be good. But, you know, I don't know. This lineup, Votto second? No. Votto ain't going to hit second. Votto's going to hit third. Who hit second? Phillips is going to hit second. Dear Lord. I mean, don't you, don't you, do you think he's not? I, no, he he probably will, but come on, I'm, he's the he's the seventh at best, the seventh best hitter in this lineup. I mean, it depends on how you define it. I, I think he's a better hitter than Billy Hamilton. I'm not sure he's not the offensive weapon that Billy Hamilton is. Yeah, but I, take Hamilton out of the out of the conversation because Hamilton's going to lead off, whether he should or shouldn't. Hamilton's going to lead off. I mean, the only guy take, uh, take Cozart out. The only guy is Cozart. And we're gonna. I assume we're gonna talk about shortstop in a little while, anyway. Oh, I definitely want to talk about shortstop because I like Cozart. I defended his defense last year. I'll say it. Uh, we'll talk about it later. But Cozart's got no business starting on this team. Uh, that's 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 the position I'm taking. So out of the, out of the remaining six uh, everyday guys, leaving Hamilton and Cozart out, you got Votto, you got Phillips, you got uh, Bird, Frazier, Mesoraco, Bruce. You know, I don't, there are lots of different ways you could mix those guys up in the lineup. Yep. And I, I'm not sure what I would do. Uh, I probably would have Votto third. I'd probably have Frazier second. I like that idea. Ain't going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Frazier second, Votto third, Miserocco fourth, Bruce fifth, um, Frazier Bird sixth. sixth. Bird sixth. No, Frazier second, Bird sixth. Oh, Frazier second. Well, that ain't going to happen. Well, I know, but let, let me dream for a moment here, would you please? <laughs> Hamilton, Frazier, Votto, Mesoraco, Bruce, Bird, Phillips seventh, and Cozart, although I don't want Cozart to start, but we'll say for now, Cozart eighth. That's the lineup I would go with. Now tell me how you disagree. I I like it. Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> you're, you're right. What what will happen? What's your what do you, what do you think uh, Price will do? I, I think Phillips will hit in a two hole. Dear Lord, can we just all right? This has been Red Lake Nation Radio because I don't want to talk about the Reds anymore. <laughs> We're done. Good night. And you know, yeah, and, you're right. But, you're right. And you know what a big fan of Brandon Phillips I am. Oh, huge, huge BP fan. So, but anyway, let's talk about some of these other guys. All right, let's talk about it. Bird again. I think Bird's gonna be uh, okay. I don't hate the move. I just wish the Reds had gotten – they could have had him two years ago. Yep. We wouldn't have had to fool with Ludwig and, and, and Heisey out there last year. Um, that, that's what frustrates me. Not that I am dis, you know that I dislike having Marlon Bird on the roster. just would have liked to have had him a couple of years ago when we could have used him and could have kept the Pirates from getting him. Um, well, let's talk about shortstop because that's the newcomer that I want to really talk about. 
which is uh, and I, I'm going to botch his name because I don't I don't know how to pronounce it. Eugenio Eugenio Suarez. It's we, I think little, we, can get the, we can get the Suarez part right. I think I got Suarez right, so I'm going to just say Suarez. E Suarez, 23 years old, shortstop. My, here's my position. He should be starting over Zach Cozart. I, I just, uh, I think, and I like Cozart. I wrote a, I wrote a thousand word article uh, last year for Cincinnati Magazine <laughs> trying to defend Zach Cozart because Cozart's. Man, that must have been tough. Well, his defense, his defense is good. Yeah, but how, def- a thousand words on defense is kind of tough. <laughs> <laughs> he can catch the ball. Uh, five words. Um, Basically, the article is saying that, yeah, he's awful on offense. Let's concede that point. But defensively, he's so good, probably the second-best defensive shortstop in the league last year, um, that it makes him into a sort of an average, across-the-board player, average. And, you know, there's some value in being an average player. His offense, I don't understand. His hitting is just – it gets worse every year. He, he, the, strangest, uh, the strangest career arc – with the bat uh, for Zach Cozart. He's got it showed some pop early in his career and in the minors. He had, and he had that half a good oh. year before he got hurt. Or, or did he have a half a good year and then he came back the following year and got hurt? I, I, can't, always, I can't remember. I don't remember. But after, he, he's definitely not been the same player since he hurt his shoulder. And he was out for, what, like a half a year. In fact, we were, I was at the game when, when Votto got him killed that day. Yeah. Um. But you know it's time to move on from from Zach Cozart. And so and you like this this Suarez guy, huh? Well, I mean, okay. Do I like him? You know, uh, I'd rather have I'd rather have Barry Larkin in his prime at shortstop. So you know, saying that I like him, that's uh, you that's think one thing. It's an I think, upgrade? Oh, I think he's a significant offensive upgrade, and I think the margin. On defense between him and Cozart, it's not 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 that great. I, I think that he's not as good as Cozart, but he's uh, a, an above average defensive shortstop from everything that I've seen, all the metrics. Um, and offensively, he brings something to the table. Uh, you know, there's a chance he'll have a an on base percentage north of 300, which is something Cozart's not been able to manage. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I just think that he's 23. He's going to get better. Yeah. I'd hand him the position and say this position, you know, I wouldn't say this obviously out loud, but in my mind I would say win this position for the next five years. Uh, I would, but if the Reds were thinking about doing that, don't you think they would have unloaded Cozart after they made the deal that brought this kid here from Detroit? Oh, I don't think the Reds will do it right now. I I think at some point, whether later in this year or at the end of this year, they're going to slowly move Suarez into starting, you know, three games a week. And then at one point it'll be four games a week, and then five games a week. I think that's my prediction. What, what, what you believe is they're going to let Cozart play himself out of the spot, pretty much, pretty much. And, and the way Coz, unless Cozart starts hitting again, it won't be hard to do. It won't be hard to do. Now the danger is that they're going to let Suarez play twice a week and pinch hit once, and um, and expecting to play well. And yeah, right. And he'll if he's in a slump to start the year, then well, we may never see you, uh, Suarez again. But I, you know, I like this kid. I, Again, I don't think he's Barry Larkin, but I think he's... I don't think we're going to see another one of those. No, no, not in this, not in this current environment. You were probably you were probably a... Uh, what was the other guy's name? The other... What was the other shortstop's name? The for number one draft pick that, that they, they were trying to decide between him and Barry. What? Oh, yeah. Kurt, Kurt Stillwell. Stillwell. Oh, yeah. Kurt, Kurt Stillwell. You were probably a Kurt Stillwell guy. Oh, I love me some Kurt Stillwell. <laughs> uh, you know, I uh, I love uh, love Larkin. Um, but Suarez is uh, a guy that's not going to be, a, a, I don't think, an all-star. But I think he's, he's a guy that could be a, a legitimate, above-average shortstop. At 22 last year, he put up an 82 OPS plus, you know, in, in almost 300 play appearances. I, I can live with that. At 22 years old. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. He's projected to be, uh, let's see, what's his projected war uh, this year? Uh, maybe around a, a one win above replacement, maybe two. Um, Cozart, what's Cozart? What did he do last year? 
Let me pull him up here. Uh, his OPS plus was 61 last year. It was 82 the year before. Okay. Um, and, and his 543 plate appearances. Boy, his defense was good, though. Yes, it was. <laughs> I mean, his defense. That good. People don't realize how good his defense was. I don't want to. I don't want to just dump on Zach Kozar. People don't realize that he was probably the second best defensive shortstop, maybe in the whole majors. Uh, but man, when you hit like that, two twenty one average, two sixty eight on base percentage, a robust three hundred slugging. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, that's I mean, fast. And, and in, in five hundred forty three plate appearances, he hit four home runs, and he plays in Great American Ballpark. Right, right. This is a guy, though, that just two years ago, two years before, had hit 15 home runs. I mean, what's what's the difference? What What's happened to him? You know, he slugged 400 a couple years before, you know. How, do, how does he get worse? I got something. <laughs> I, me either, you know. I mean, in his 27, 28, 29-year-old years, he just... I mean, these are supposed to be his prime years. I mean... He's dropped precipitously each year. I mean, it's just precipitously. Hey, big word, huh? Did you learn that law school? Oh, you know it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, I like Cozart. He does have a good glove, but I, I think I'd hand the thing over to Suarez and say it's yours. You, you know, the guy that's one of the non-roster guy that that kind of tweaks my interest a little bit is this Chris Dominguez. Oh yeah. He's a young guy. He doesn't have hardly any major league experience. He's, he's going he's gonna to be like 27 this year. He's a number three draft pick. And he's got some pop. He can play multiple positions. I think he's an interesting idea. It's, and it's not like we got a whole lot of guys that can hit on the bench. We don't? Are, are, are we watching the same team? I, I think it's interesting. You know, The other guy you, I, I wonder about is this Felix Perez that spent the last two years in Louisville. I don't know if they'll give him a chance, you know. I, yeah, I'm. I, I I don't know if he'll get a chance or not. Um, you know, he's got gets on base a little bit, but he's almost thirty. You know, I, I don't know. You know, I don't. I don't mind those guys though. Uh, if you can get on base a little bit, yeah. Uh, let them let them have a year or two on the, on the bench because certainly what the Reds have been doing on with their bench players over the last few years is, is signing these older players. The two year deals uh, for too much money. To, to the two-year deals, who just because they've played in the major leagues, yeah. you know, we're talking about the Wilson Valdezes and uh, and and that that sort of player, yeah, Hannah 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 and, and, and yeah, um, yeah, I mean, you know, guys that just aren't gonna uh, aren't they're good. well, you know what they're gonna do, which is not good, because no. uh, they they've shown what their level of production is. So yeah, I don't have a problem with a guy like that, but I, I think he's, I think I think they're both. Interesting guys. I think they're guys to keep an eye on in spring training. Let me put it that way. I'm not saying they should make the team or anything like that, but I think it'll be interesting to see if they, you know, what they do in spring training. If they, if they make somebody notice them. Well, and, and neither of us have any. Uh, uh, we don't want to overstate the value of spring training statistics. But the type of guy that, if you know, in, in ten spring training games or fifteen spring training games, can you know hit three fifty or something. Uh, it's the type of guy that people are going to be like, oh, man, look at this guy. Yeah, you, you might get somebody to, to, to give you a chance. Uh, Pay attention to him a little know, bit. It's, and, I, and I agree with you wholeheartedly on spring training stats. It's just like the people that were going crazy over Chris Negron after he had a few, you know, he had, he had, a, he had a pretty good half of, or third of a season or whatever it was, you know, however many games he played, you know, at the end of last year. And he, he, did, he played pretty well for this ball club. He did, but he, played, he did. He, but he played a lot of years in the minor leagues where he wasn't very good. <laughs> well, and he's projected to a two sixty seven on base percentage over uh, four hundred four hundred plate appearances uh, if he makes the major league this year. This year, if he gets yeah, four so. hundred plate appearances, this team's in a lot of trouble. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> That's a fact. Um, yeah, but so he's he is what he is. He's what we saw. What you know, what he's been his whole minor league career, not what he's been. And he played he played well for the Reds uh, at at the end of the season. But you know, uh, small sample size warnings. Yeah. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> exactly. Um, in terms of other guys that are uh, maybe some interesting players, let me pull up the Reds. Uh, 
roster here to see who else I was thinking of in terms of. Well, there's some interesting guys on the pitching staff. Right, but I, I can't remember if there's anyone else on the uh, position players in terms of position players that I thought would be interesting to watch this year. We had Bird, we had Suarez. Those are the two guys that I. Yeah. We got Skip Schumacher coming back. Oh man, can we spend the next twenty minutes talking about Skip Schumacher, please? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> if we, if, if you are. I'm going down and having dinner. You can, <laughs> I'm checking out. You right. can talk uh, No, there's not anybody really else. That no, I was really see. not. I mean, you know, um, you know, is Donald Lutz going to break through maybe you know, and become the hitter that they keep telling us he can be? I, you know, who knows? I, I don't know. If if he is, he's a bench player, in my opinion. Yeah, he, I mean, where's he going to play? It'd be good to have a guy with some, some pop on the bench. You know, again, they they brought Nephi Soto back again. They released him and then brought yeah. him back, blah, blah, blah. It'll be interesting to see how Jesse Winker does in spring training. There's the guy I was just uh, getting ready to say. Yeah, I, w- I want to see what he does. He's the guy. I, again, I don't mind having Bird, and we, we talked about that. But uh, in left field, man, I really kind of wanted to see what Jesse Winker. This is a guy who's got a great approach at the plate. Everybody just raves over him in terms of the uh, from the analytical side. Everybody that sees him play, um, I can't wait to see this guy in the major leagues. And the question is, when will that be? And, well, and, and I, I have no, you know, I'm, I'm not one to gauge. You know, I, 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 I tend to believe he'll start the year in Pensacola. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he plays well, I, I expect him to be in Louisville by Memorial Day, and maybe yeah. maybe a September call up if the team if the Reds are stinking the place up, they could you know they could unload Bird and they, he could be up at some point in the summer. Well, he's definitely a September call-up. I think that's at minimum. Uh, if there's injuries, what we're going to see is, and this is we t- injuries. Ugh. What we're going to see are guys like Jason Bourgeois and uh, and Yorman Rodriguez, who they're you know he's interesting. Those are the I guys. I can't root for a, guy, a baseball player named Bourgeois. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> um, well, you know, all five foot nine of him uh, going to come up here and. Uh, I don't know. You know, he's probably inadequate. Now, don't be bad mouthing the short guys. You know, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not one of our favorite guys. Tucker Barnhart's a little guy. Well, he's five eleven at least. Uh, Bourgeois, a little, little shorter. Uh, he's not Juan Duran. There is no, there is no way in the world that Tucker Barnhart is five eleven. He is listed at five eleven. Well, whoever wrote that lied. <laughs> Just like back in the day when Charles Barkley was listed at you know two hundred pounds. That's, <laughs> There's, uh, there's no way Tucker Barnhart's taller than Brian Pena, and they've got Brian Pena listed at five. I think these are backwards. That's funny. I think on I think on this roster that they, they somebody made a typo, and they've got Pena and Barnhart backwards. But I, Winker, I, I'm not sure Winker comes up before September unless things go really badly or unless they're way out of it and they trade Bird. And I still don't think they're going to be really far out of it before the Reds will do something. Drastic like that, and, unless he is unless he is smoking the ball at Louisville. I mean, they remember. I remember when they brought Dunn up, and they, you know, it was yeah. much earlier than anybody thought that he he should have come up or would come up. Yeah, yeah, but uh, the thing is, the Reds are going to want to pretend like they're in the race for as long as they can with that All Star game coming up. This that's a good point. I didn't think of that. That's a very good point. This year, let's flip over the pitchers because there's a one guy specifically that I'm fascinated with. Um, Burke Badenhop. I thought that was a tremendous pickup for the Reds. I did too. I thought that was a really nice signing. And here, we, this is at least the third thing the Reds have done this offseason. Well, fourth if you include the Simon trade that I think is worthy of praise. Yep. <laughs> Talking about getting something for nothing. Oh man. Well, Suarez, you know. Uh, yep. In addition to a former number one pick. Yep. Um, for for a guy that I would have given away for a bucket of balls. Well, I got, uh, and a guy that I, I I can't believe they didn't trade last year at the All Star break. Yeah, what you talk about at the height? At the right? height when the value was yeah. rocket high. But uh, but old Burke, this guy I think really helps this bullpen. I mean, I think significantly helps this. Where do you bullpen. where do you think he fits in? Is he the eighth inning guy? I think he should be the eighth inning guy. Um, but you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where the Reds. Are. I, I really course, would actually see him. Of course, our manager the other day is starting to talk about guys throwing two innings again. He was talking about that yesterday or today. Yeah, well, he said that. Last I'll believe it when I see it. You know, I still think he'll go with guys like Hoover, or Jumbo Diaz, uh, before he'll go to Baden up early. 
Um, Sean mean, Marshall should be, should be your guy. Hop was fabulous last year. He was. And even the, and the year before that, he was pretty darn good. Smart guy, too. If you ever get to read an interview with him, uh, he, he studies fan graphs, his stats, to figure out what he's doing the best that he can sort of uh, maximize to uh, maintain his edge. Uh, smart guy. I, I think we're going to love having that guy around. Have we ever had a pitcher that weighed 315 pounds before? <laughs> oh, Broxton had, I don't know what hey, Broxton, Broxton would, yeah, listed Broxton was as, pretty but, close, yeah. Yeah, he had to be somewhere close. Uh, uh, yeah, Jumbo comes by his name honestly. Yes, he does. Uh, yeah, I don't mind Jumbo. I don't mind, uh, everybody hates Hoover, and he had an awful year last year. But, uh, you know, relievers are relievers. He may come back. Lecure is Lecure. I, uh, I, I expect Hoover to come back, but I, I readily admit I'm a fan, I'm a fan of the kid. I like him. I think he, you know, he doesn't duck. He, when he pitches bad, he admits he he doesn't make excuses. He doesn't. He's not the Andy Dalton of the Cincinnati Reds. Oh. Um, um, what you're basically doing is you're replacing Logan Andrusek with Burke Badenhoff. That that's an upgrade. You think? <laughs> so, uh, and if they, you know, Sean Marshall, I, I'm getting tired of the, uh, the articles about him. Marshall is, was an outstanding. I thought Marshall should have been the closer for this team a couple years ago when we we, we talked about putting uh, Chapman in the rotation. Well, we were, we were wetting ourselves when when they traded for Marshall. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, and if he'd just been able to stay healthy, that guy, uh, just a great pitcher. But I don't, you know, this is he, it's gotten to the point where it's just shut up until he can pitch. Yeah, I, I he's, want, he's, I don't even want to hear about him until he can until he can pitch. He's Nick Massett. We're going to keep hearing uh, reports on him until he finally uh, goes to the Rockies. I mean, uh, I just I love the guy. I think he's a much better pitcher than what Reds fans uh, th- believe. But I'm tired of hearing about him. Uh, he's I'm afraid his career's over, frankly. So, um, who are your who are the two who are the four and five? If you if, right. if you had to pick right now who the four and five would be, the first week of the season, who would you say they're going to be? If I'm choosing right now, I go Tony Singrani at four. Anthony, well, I I'm not saying that. you know if you were picking right now. I'm just asking you who you think will be there. All right, if it's who I think will be there. If it's who I want there, I put Chapman. Uh, up there, but um, wah, I think wah, wah. <laughs> I think it's Tony Singrani, and I think it's Anthony DiScalfani, the the guy they got in the Matt Latos trade. Uh, I agree with Miami. Uh, I think by the end of the year, though, I think Iglesias is, is in the Reds rotation. Iglesias is an interesting guy. Uh, I think he starts <laughs> a year in a Reds bullpen, and he's in the rotation by the end of the year. Well, I think that's going to be an interesting. Uh, thing to watch in in spring training they say we want him to be a starter he's never really had starters workload um, and that way they so, could hide his innings for part of the year or do you think they'll send him to louisville and let him start in louisville well that works Probably. so well for Rolls chapman <laughs> um yeah well let, let, i don't know if you saw the article i think it was in today's inquire um brian price had a quote Saying basically, we want Iglesias to be a uh, starter. Yeah, you know, the, the guy that's big... the guy that was a starter in Cuba, they turned into a reliever, and the guy that was a reliever in Cuba, they wanted to turn into a starter. Well, here's what he said. Uh, he said, I, "We want him to be a starter, uh, but quote, there's always a chance if he'll help us better in the bullpen, we'll use him as a relief pitcher. But that would be without quitting on him as a starter. I know we heard that before with Chapman. I know I'm on thin ice. <laughs> we really do fancy him as a starter at this point." <laughs> So, that statement I, yeah, I, made absolutely no sense. <laughs> yeah, you try to decipher it. Hey, if he was uh, he standing probably, before you in the courtroom, you'd hit him in the head with a gamble. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but, but, you know, if he – Iglesias probably can't help the Reds out of the bullpen from day one, from opening day. I agree. Day. But is he going to be better as a starter in the long run? If so, I don't know what the right strategy is to, to turn him into a starter. You'd let him pitch some in the – and they pitch him in the bullpen to start the year, then drop him to Triple uh, A to let him expand his workload a little, stretch his innings out a little bit, and then bring him back up as a starter. I don't, I don't know what the answer is, uh, but he's gonna be a really interesting guy to watch. He's the most interesting guy to watch in terms of what the Reds do with him uh, because he's got four pitches, he throws hard. And you hope they don't screw him up like they did Chapman. Oh man! And again, not that we're complaining about what Chapman brings to the table because he's the greatest closer in the game, maybe. Or at least top two. I don't, I don't even agree with that. 
Oh, I don't know, man. He's he's awfully good. What's his, uh, who'd you take over him? Where's his Where's his save percentage compared to other guys? Yeah, well, they're all the same. That's what I'm they're, saying. They're all, all right, well, he's not I, any I agree. better than anybody else. He, you know, does he throw fast? Yeah, he throws the ball really fast. Craig Kimbrell's the, the Craig Kimbrell's the only closer I'd take over him. And so that's saying I mean, that's something. And what I'm saying is for that eight point what is it eight point oh five million dollars, I could probably have two relievers. But you know what? He's probably uh, figuring out this offseason. He got that eight million or whatever. He'd have made a lot more if he was a starting. Yes, player. he would have. He's got to be understanding that he left a lot of money on the table. But it's too late now. Oh, yeah, it's too late. I agree. I agree. He'd be more valuable. You're right in terms of value. Now, He'd be more valuable. I mean, it's not it's not unheard of from a guy to go from a, a closer to the rotation. Of course, the only guy that I can think of was Smoltz, and he went from rotation to closing and back, didn't he? Um, I don't know that he ever went back. I thought he, he did. I may, I, may be, I may be completely wrong. Here's the guy. Here's the guy that I know of. That went from closer to starter and was a huge success. Your guy, Danny Graves. Yeah, he was a great start. <laughs> I, like, oh, come my on. favorite part was when he gave the fans the finger. Oh man, that was the best. That was my- the best. Um, <laughs> that and his haircut. Oh, he's he classic uh, all time Cincinnati Red great Danny Graves. Remind me to vote for him for Reds Hall of Fame this year. Um. Yeah, I think Iglesias is interesting to watch. I, I don't know what they'll do. I don't have a whole lot of faith in them at this point. And, and it's funny that Price sort of conceded. I know we sort of screwed up with Chapman. At least that's what it, that's how that read to me. Uh, I, I I believe that was Dusty Baker. I firmly, in my heart, believe that was Dusty Baker. Well, I do too. Along with a young Chapman, who has Dusty Baker has his ear, and Chapman says, "This is what I want to do." And, and Baker but, reinforced it instead of t- t- instead of trying to talk the kid into what was best for the team and for him. Well, but see what you're. I think you're wrong on that. Which in this point, in this pers- on this perspective, which is that Dusty didn't think that was best for him. Dusty thought what was best for him was to have him in the, as closer, because Dusty fundamentally misunderstood what is valuable about. Uh, uh, Pitching roles. Two hundred innings is more valuable than fifty. Yeah, he overvalued the uh, the bullpen, and so I think he thought that that was what was best for him personally, and that's why he, uh, if he, if he'd have thought it was best for him personally to have Chapman in the rotation, he would have uh, he would have pursued that angle. In my opinion, all uh, speculation. Well, that's what this whole thing is. Exactly. <laughs> Opinion, speculation, and nonsense. What else you want to talk about here, Bill? Well, I guess we could talk about where we think they'll finish in the division, and then we can wrap this thing up and let people go home. <laughs> That's a good idea. Namely you. Let you. Well, you're already home, but let you go eat your dinner and uh, not have to talk to me the rest of the evening. Uh, I'll tell you where I think they finish, and I hate to say this. I I have a hard time seeing how they finish higher than fourth place. I agree. If they're, if they're all healthy, I absolutely see the Reds competing for the division. I think they can, that could happen. Um, but I, I, I think there's still a lot of questions about how good the Cubs will be this year. Um, I mean, we've seen they've got you know if they're counting on a lot of young guys, you don't know how that's going to go out. We've seen teams spend a lot of money and it not come back to fruition. Uh, you know, blah blah blah. The Cardinals, I think the they, Cardinals are going to be the Cardinals. They are. The Cardinals are probably the class of the division. I think the Cubs think they are going to. Uh, be able to compete this year. I, I think you know you don't know what it, it, the Pirates could tank. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised the Pirates or the Brewers. I thought the Brewers were in over their head last year. Yeah. So uh, you know, I, but if everybody plays well on, on these teams, th- this could be a hell of a division. Well, it could be. Uh, I think back to the Cubs. I think they think that they wouldn't have signed John Lester and uh, gotten uh, and acquired uh, Miguel Montero as catcher if they didn't think they could at least have a shot at competing this year. They may not be counting on winning this year, oh, but I think they believe they've got a shot at competing. I'm not saying they don't think that. I'm saying there have been too many experiences where you count heavily on young guys and they're a year away, or you bring in all these big money guys and the team doesn't mesh. You know, sure. sure. There, there have been a lot of examples of those. Um, yeah, there are scenarios where the Cubs finish last, and there are scenarios where they win this division. They're yeah. they're probably the most uh, up in the air team. Yeah, and, and until until you start to see them, how they're going to play in the regular season, 
you just don't know. Same with the Reds, though. There, there are scenarios you can envision where they finish first in this division. There are scenarios which are maybe more likely that they finish last. Um, I don't think they'll finish last. I think they're better than the Brewers. I think they. I, I think they'll finish. If if I had if I had to bet money, actual U.S. tender. Yeah, even though that's illegal, and I would never do. That, <laughs> exactly. Um, I would bet on them finishing fourth. Yeah. And I hope I'm wrong. Well, certainly we hope we're we're wrong. I mean, uh, why would we waste so much time talking about this team? Because uh, <laughs> we don't have lives. <laughs> evidently not. Uh, we, we want them to finish first, and I'd love to. I'd love to, and probably at some point, right before opening day, I'll go ahead and predict here that I will make a prediction that they're going to win the division, just because that's what I want. Just because that's what you do. Yeah. You know, whatever. Who cares? If I'm wrong. That's what I want. to <laughs> you don't remember in the fall, I mean, it, World Series time anyway. That's exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Well, Bill, uh, I think it's an interesting season in a lot of ways. I think there's a lot to look uh, forward to in the spring training in terms of what's going to happen with this team and the, and the health and whether Homer Bailey uh, is able to come back. And uh, We didn't get to talk about him much. But I, it's as always, it's an interesting organization to follow, and it's going to be, I think, there's a chance that it could be a really fun year. Well, and it's, and always, it's always good to go down to the ball yard and you know, have a beer and sit and procrastinate the game and, and – I, 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 there's no fan experience like going to a Reds game, like going to a baseball game. Okay, I agree. Any of the major sports, or not, you know, I've been to NBA games. I've been to, I've never been to an NHL game. I've been to NFL games. Going to a baseball game is 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 more of a of a thinking man cerebral game than you know experience in any of the others, and and you got to enjoy that part of it too. And the Reds do a good. That's another thing with uh, Castellini's favor. They do a good job of. The game day experience and then Greater Market Ballpark is a great place to a great place to watch a game. I, enjoy, I love every time I'm there. Although I got to say, you need to get to an NHL game. Uh, <laughs> I keep talking about going up and seeing the Blue Jackets, but I have oh, those those games are fun. That that that's a crazy sport. I love going to see that sport live. But but you're right, uh, and hopefully you and I will get to a ball the ballpark here uh, early in the year. That's what we're talking about, yep. and uh, um, maybe record part of a podcast uh, from the stands. That'll be an interesting idea. But uh, you know, it's it's the Reds. We're gonna we're gonna love this bunch no matter what happens. So let's at least hope for the best. At least at least we'll love some of them. We'll love some of them. <laughs> oh, we'll love them all. Oh, we'll love them all. They're all wearing the correct uniform. There you go. Uh, <laughs> any final thoughts for us, Bill? No, nope, I'm fresh out. All right. Well, you know, a lot of fun talking to you. Uh, glad to be starting back another season of uh, Red Leg Nation Radio. And for better or for worse, this team's always fun to talk about. You can uh, go to RedLegNationRadio.com to subscribe to the uh, podcast via iTunes or whatever your favorite uh, podcast delivery device is. You can, uh, And if, if you do uh, subscribe via iTunes, I'd ask you to go and, uh, and give us a rating and leave a positive comment uh, if, you, if, you're, if you enjoy the, the podcast. If you don't like us, number one, while you're listening. Number two, keep your mouth shut. Nobody wants to hear your uh, criticisms. So just uh, if you don't like us, lie and say you did. See, that's so hard. <laughs> that's not so hard to do. Yeah. Um, it does help. It does help with the rankings and things. The more ratings and uh, reviews that uh, that we get there at iTunes, so we'd appreciate if you do that. Um, go to RedLegNation.com every day for uh, analysis of uh, Reds baseball. Follow Bill at Bill RedLegN on Twitter. We got to get you back on Twitter more often, man. Yeah, I don't do a whole lot of that. Need to get you back there. Uh, you can follow me at Dotson C D O T S O N C. But you know who is following me on Twitter now? Who's following you? Sabrina the Twink Teenage Witch. Really? <laughs> I have no idea why. <laughs> that's uh, that's a little strange. I know. Uh, <laughs> What's your name? Melissa Joan Hart. That's her name. Very, very impressive. Uh, you're going to have to tell me when we get off air about you and, and Melissa. I, have, I, I just told you everything I know. Oh, uh, <laughs> Clarissa explains it all. Um, you can follow at Red Leg Nation. Follow us at, at Red Leg Radio as well on Twitter, uh, the, the podcast feed. Um, but mostly, subscribe to the podcast. We really uh, appreciate you downloading this thing and listening to us. As we say just about every time, I don't know why you would. Uh, you got a lot of things you can do with your with your entertainment time. Really appreciate the fact that you take the time to listen to us ramble on. For Bill Lack, this is Chad Dotson saying so long. Little-